Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctrines of Rad, episode number four. Even though it's going to be confusing because we have five episodes on the YouTube channel. I'm Drew, and this is I'm Logan. What's up, guys? And we are uh, we've got some things to talk about. First of all, I want to before we get going, I want to remind everybody that we still have a contest, and that nobody yet has been able to answer what R-A-D, the RAD in Doctrines of RAD, stands for. So you guys need to get hot. But before, you know, let me just show you. You guys have got some good guesses. And and in some of these, when you find out what the answer is, you're going to realize how close you were. And you're going to feel, you're going to be like, oh, man. So uh, let, let's show you real quick. Let's get start off with uh, some of these guesses that you guys One of them had. was like, how many guesses do I get? And like, we were like, as many as you want. And then just like seven comments. All right, so <laughs> here we go. Uh, rebel against the devil. I think that's a good one. What do you think? Rebel against yeah, the devil. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's a that's a scripturally accurate, uh, theologically accurate thing. Uh, reaching across the divide. Nice. I think that's a good one too. I, I think there's a few of these that I would actually change, uh, maybe even change our name for because they're a lot cooler <laughs> than uh, what the uh, what we came up with. Reformed and depraved. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, righteous attitude daily. I like that one. And a real authentic doctrine. So that's page one. I got another page. Now, Logan, you can read these ones off. Uh, let me open up the next one here. You're going to make me read out loud? Uh, you don't have to if you don't want to. Are you, does like, that make you in uncomfortable? Public? In front of everyone? There you go, buddy. All right. So we got radical anointed dads. That's I like nice. that. Well, the, that's. Um, that's good. Some of these are close, man. I'm telling you. Some of them are close. Restore and delivered. Mm. Oh, restored and delivered. Uh, rad, reformed um, Armenian doctrine. It's really hard. <laughs> reformed Armenian then, doctrine. That doesn't work. You can't do that. Uh, remember Anakin Death Star. I think that's the okay. best one. Remember that's, uh, Anakin that's Death it. Star. Nailed it. Uh, you will get your Bible in the mail. <laughs> yes. No, it does not remember Anakin Death Star. I'm sorry to break it to you. Uh, all right. We're going to talk to you guys tonight about uh, Logan brought up this topic. And actually, why don't you, since you were the one that really thought of the topic in the first place, why don't you let me know uh, why you decided to talk about this and what the topic is? Yeah. So I, I, I had. Um... I have a bad habit of responding to comments and videos um, uh, in a way that can be perceived as hateful or aggressive. Um, and I try, I try to always keep that in the back of my mind, like not to let that happen. Um, but then it made me think about how do we comment? Right? How do we talk to people in the comment section, especially, especially when we don't agree with them. Uh, for example, I posted a video about abortion, uh, pro-choice people came into the comment section, pro-life people came into the comment section. Uh, some of these individuals are representing Jesus, right? Their username says something specific like saved by grace, right? Um, and it's kind of telling the world like with that specific username, who you follow with just within that. Um, and then not saying that this person with that username said anything. I'm just using that as an example, but these followers of Jesus would then belittle, um, instigate, um, 
they just do everything they can. And you can see, you can see their pride escalate. You can see their anger escalate as they continue to have a conversation with this individual, um, as they were provoked by the individual that they were communing, communicating with, they would then retaliate. Um, and that is not how we behave. And so we want to go through what does scripture say about how we're supposed to talk to people, um, what we're supposed to uh, use our tongue for, why it's so important. Um, and understand that I this this should hit you hard, right? So this should be this should hopefully have you pull the speck out of your own eye, right? And believe me, I'm pulling the stump out of my own as I do this. Right. But there we cannot represent Jesus and then talk to people in the comment section in a in a way that is demeaning, that is hateful, that is uh in no way sharing the gospel, right? So we're going to go through some things about what scripture says. Drew has some notes. I got some notes. Um, And then we're going to just talk about some processes, some ways to apply what we've talked about, how you can potentially go about communicating with somebody. And then also, and most importantly, not wasting your time with people who don't really want to have a conversation, right? Yeah, pearls to swine, right? I mean, there's somebody brought that up with me today. I think that's a... Interesting segue. Um, well, what I would like to start with uh, is I always like, I don't know if, if everybody else is like me, but I like to get to the bottom or, or try to get down to understanding how or why people do what they do, like psychologically, why would they, why do they do what they do? Why do they act the way that they act? Uh, what is it comparable to, you know, what's the motivation for it? And mm-hmm. uh I, I had this thought and I don't know if this is from the Lord, uh, or if just something that I was pondering and came up with, but, uh, I, I think that churches, uh, in the dawn of the internet era, churches were unprepared to equip the saints in how to behave themselves online. And I think, absolutely. Yeah. So you see that with pornography quickly, right? Because pornography swept the internet and it became accessible and people fell to their temptations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hey, Kelsey. So um, I think, uh, you know, the, the way that the church was supposed to be um, the same way that pastors have, uh, have an obligation to train up the people in their church to know how to respond in normal everyday life uh, in, in community with each other, you know, not to gossip, not to do this, not to do that. How do you handle yourself? How do you act like Christ? Uh, We have, I think if anything, demonized the internet uh, and we've, we've allowed, so there's a generation that kind of came up like right after me that spend a lot of their youth playing video games online uh, and having, you know, interactions socially like on Call of Duty and like all, leading up into Fortnite to where we are today. But uh, pastors that were too old to get into online stuff like online gaming didn't really give it much consideration. And so it left this vacuum or this gap to, of, of like no one was talking about how should a Christian interact? What What is mm-hmm. social media? And uh, your representation of, of who you are in Christ, that matters with how you display yourself online, just as much as it matters when you are person to person. 
Yeah, absolutely. It, it's we've we've dropped the ball, guys. I think the church has has done a, a really bad job in getting us. So we're in this problem now. Everything that Logan said at the beginning of this is all the problem that we're in now is Christians uh, are not setting the standard on how to interact with people. We are not uh, we're not holding ourselves to uh, any sort of accountability or any sort of godly standard. We're, we're making ourselves to be to not be above reproach and we're coming off like complete fools. We look foolish. When we are doing this, when we are online arguing with one another or just treating each other like crap, it is a, it is an, it, it's, it, it is, we should be ashamed of ourselves with, with what yeah. Christians are up to today. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, one of the places I want to begin is uh, starting with Greg Higsby. Um, he once said that a, a question stirs the conscience, but an accusation hardens the heart, right? So when we automatically come to somebody and saying, yeah, you do this and uh, it's because you believe this and that, you're the devil and all that, um, you have now eliminated your opportunity in that moment to share the gospel with them. They are not going to hear it. Mm. You, you are done. But when you ask a question, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Yeah. Do you, do you have, are you at peace? Do you feel any joy? Are you hurting right now? Mm. When you have those conversations, when you start to ask questions that really dig deep into the, you know, what a person is experiencing. Here's another thing we don't do. We don't humanize the individual in the comments. Right. Right. And I'll get into some tips that we can talk about here later. Um, is there anything you wanted to say right before I go into reading James 3? No, I, I think uh, I think we're on the right track. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, and, and really, what I I just I want Christians to take this serious. I want yeah, I want you to hear us. I want you to hear uh, our hearts in this, and, and I, I want you to also understand that this is something like this is us also preaching to the choir because there's a <laughs> lot that we uh, don't do well when it comes to interacting online. Myself, and you know, there's things certainly things that I've said that I've regretted and how I've responded, I've regretted. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, we are not above, uh, we're not above anybody on this in, in this situation. So take yeah. that all with a grain of salt and don't, uh, you know, don't take it personal. Let's, let's work together as believers to be better. Absolutely. I am pulling the stump out of my own eye, doing the for research sure. for this conversation. Everything that I've looked at, I'm like, man, I've done that, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, go ahead so, and uh, go into go into James, man. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Um, so James three, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if any if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So I want to stop there in verse two. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, so James is setting the foundation for his explanation of how important it is to bridle your tongue. Mm. That's good. If we put, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. 
Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. So he makes this comparison between um, horses that are being controlled by bits in their mouth. And you're able to direct the horse and then also the rudder of ships. And then he's making that comparison with the tongue. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and bird of of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with it. We, we bless our Lord and father and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God from the same mouth come blessings and curses. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the, from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond, salt pond yield fresh water. I want to stop there. So, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And he also just also explains that it what we say stains the whole body. And mm. it is important Good. as believers what we do and what we say matter. Right? If we if the same same mouth that I use to praise God and then I turn around and curse someone made in his image, right? I'm a hypocrite. Right? I'm not loving. Right? And that's the point there that we were called to love. Right. So we so first Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong uh, or a clanging cymbal. We have to remember that when we are talking to people who just have a profile picture and a username, that that is an actual person that is potentially going to hell. Right. This individual, right. The Bible says that the cross is folly to those who are perishing. If this person is fighting with you over something that you hold passionate, like you're having a discussion about religion on TikTok or some other platform, and they're aggressive and coming at you and you don't show them love in that process. I, I mean, how, how, so for example, how many times have I witnessed, I don't know about you or how many times have you witnessed Somebody go, oh, how loving of you. Great job, Christian. Oh, yeah. Where the atheist brings that up. It's like, oh, good job. And it just like makes you look like you don't truly know who Jesus is. Yeah. I yeah. see well, that all the time. There was a – let me tell you about uh, early on in my in my Christian walk, I remember having – I, I was really passionate about talking to people about Jesus. And I was standing watch – and uh, we had this, we had uh, basically an armed sentry watch at the end of the pier and you stand there with your, your rifle and you just kind of, you watch uh, the water looking for an attack or whatever. And then you have a guy, what's called the chief of the guard and they come out and they'll do like post inspections and they'll check on you, make sure you're doing the right thing, make sure you're not messing around doing some, you know, bad stuff or whatever. At the time I was, I was a cigarette smoker 
And uh, I had remember asking him, was, hey, can I get a smoke off of you? And I remember him, like, I hadn't even really talked to him much about Jesus, but I remember him immediately going to, oh, that's very unchristlike of you to want a cigarette. And I, I just, those type of interactions, like, it's, it doesn't matter really what you do. And I think this is the point we need to drive home is it really doesn't matter what you do. People are going to find fault in what you are doing, period. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, living a life that exemplifies and reflects Jesus, you, mm. people are going to find fault in you. And that's why the Bible is so, uh, it's, it's, it, it makes such an emphasis on being above reproach, especially for pastors. Absolutely. Let no one be able to accuse you of anything. And, you know, how, how hard is that to, to do? So it, it naturally, people are going to find, you know, and, and they're going to find silly things to accuse you of. And, you know, and there's things that we like, one of the things that I'm guilty about doing is when it's another Christian that is typically like a prosperity preacher or that type of Christian, I have hmm. a really hard time not going into their comments and, and making snarky, non-edifying remarks in regard to the way that they like, I do believe that they're, those guys are swindlers. You know, I do believe genuinely that, that those, that, that there are people in this prosperity movements that, you know, put God, uh, our money over God all the time. And, uh, so yes, I do in, in my heart, like having an actual conversation with them, I would tell them, look, I think that you need to repent The the Bible is not about making you, you know, wealthy and, uh, claiming these cars and all this stuff. But, but it doesn't edify the body when I go in with a snarky remark towards them because it doesn't bring any it doesn't bring them to a better understanding. It just makes it look like it's infighting within within the body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you're if you remember, if you remind yourself going into engagements like that, that I am here to serve my king. I am here to advance the kingdom. I am here to bring the gospel and move people to a point of repentance. And we yeah. don't look at them as just the enemy. Or I, So, for example, my recent video of me trying to have a genuine conversation with somebody who was uh, very aggressive against me. Mm. Um, and I tried to show love in the instance of correcting her and her uh, comments, uh, her videos again, uh, her videos that are slant, were slander towards me, right? Um, in those comments, people would still immediately go, that's the devil. She's the antichrist. And like, although I understand what you're saying, onlookers don't, right? People who are not familiar with Christian language, people who are not familiar with what your context with that might be, they're just assuming that you are uh, saying something derogatory towards that individual, which isn't helpful. So we always have to remember there's other people watching beyond just you and the person you're having a conversation with. And that potentially uh, could uh, ultimately, um, you know, push them away from Jesus. Right. And, oh, and don't get me wrong for both of us. We believe that, you know, the Holy spirit is what, who draws and uh, regenerates the believer. Um, but you become that stumbling block in their way, right? You make it, your sin becomes a consequence that affects someone else and you become that stumbling block. And now, I mean, yeah, I mean, regardless you, just see the, of, you just see it roll downhill from re- there. 
regardless of your, you know, your doctrine and theology about how you believe God saves, you know, there's no place for uh, embarrassing yourself. There's no place for for uh, walking out of line with what Jesus has already clearly established. Like it's uh, you just you don't have that that liberty to do that. The Bible calls us ambassadors for Christ. Like when I was in the Navy, when we would go to a foreign country they would say, you guys are ambassadors for the United States. And and that typically meant, don't screw it up, idiots. Don't embarrass the U.S., basically, is what they were yeah. saying. And 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 so the, the idea of ambassadorship has always stuck with me uh, because we are to always represent Jesus. And that's, it doesn't, there's no stipulation for only online or only in person. Like, it's always, you have to always represent Jesus. Yeah, one of the greatest compliments I ever got is I had a company commander when I was uh, an XO, a company XO um, executive officer. And yeah. he, when he was promoting me to captain, he uh, he's like, I want to let you all know something. Who Logan is here at work is who Logan is at home. Who Logan is when you find him on the street somewhere, when you find him shopping, he's genuine. He's very transparent. Um I had no idea he was going to say that about me, but that him saying that I felt that that was, that was honored to have such a compliment given to me. And it's stuck with me ever since then. Am I being a, a true representative of Christ everywhere, both in secret and in public, right? When I, in my privacy and in public, am I being um, that standard to the best of my ability? Now we're not saying you're not going to be sinful, you're not going to have anger. You're not going to get your pride isn't going to raise when somebody starts belittling you online. And it's like your comment, their comment talking to you. And you're like, well, other people can see this. I need to say something back. Where's the truth? You don't. You don't need to say anything back. Yeah, um, you really, especially with the way that the Internet works with trolls. I mean, there's nothing that you can do to, to get away from people that really have no intention to have a good dialogue with you. I mean, it, it's their genuine motivation is to get you tripped up to get to accuse you in some way. For example, I had a guy, I was doing a TikTok live earlier today and he just kept coming against everything that I was saying. He just had something uh, negative to say about the church. It didn't matter. Uh, even when I was trying to be respectful in, in like, Hey, look, dude, like we don't agree. That's just the way it is. We don't agree. Uh, yeah. he wouldn't you don't have to be here. Right. <laughs> you and don't so, have to be in my life. I had to block him and mm. I don't like doing that. But <laughs> at the same time, like there's no, like, I don't know. I used to think that if I was blocking somebody, then I am, well, first of all, my pride would be like, oh yeah, you're just losing that argument. Right. So like part of it would be my pride. Like, oh yeah, you're just, you're losing the argument. So you may as well block them or, or you're blocking them because you're losing. The argument. That's how they're going to think of you or that's, they're going to think that you're weak because you're doing that, you know, but, but it really comes down to, um, I, it's not our jobs to convince people of anything. Like our job is to, to present the gospel and to love on people, like serve yeah. people, um, like encourage, like how much, dude, how much encouraging do you do? Let me let just ask, just, you know, be honest with you. Like when you see, let's say you see a guy like John, the messenger, who's a friend of the podcast, or you see another Christian creator, how, how much do you go out of your way to like 
uh, and go and encourage them, leave them a note being like, Hey man, that was a really good video. Or like, and I'm asking you as a person, like, do you do that often? I do that all the time. That's you, awesome. You, you will not often find my comments. Uh, I'll see a video that comes across my for you page and I'm just like, I hated that, but it doesn't drive me to go in there and go, like, I don't go into the comment and just start raising hell. Right. right. Like, I don't, Right. I don't go in there and start, oh, this guy's a heretic. Da, 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 da. Like, I don't do that. Um, one thing I like to do, uh, how I, I try to spark conversations, is I, I use the phrase, would you consider? And then I give my my statement. Right? Would you consider? And then I give that statement. One, because it, it any 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 emotional feeling that I have going on in the moment of replying to whatever this video is right. um, commenting on whatever this video is. It, it gives me a chance to kind of settle myself, settle my heart down and go, okay, would you consider the gospel? And then I present it, right. Or would you consider that your view on Jesus is not biblical or it isn't accurate? And here's some points why. And then I leave it at there. I leave it there. Right. Cause obviously they're going to come back or somebody else will come back with something and if they do and they disagree or they won't consider it um, and they, if they're not genuinely trying to have dialogue, I just leave it alone. I don't reply. I, I don't I don't have time. Right. Like I, I really don't. Uh, if my first ministry is to my family, then I am not going to spend all my time online. I already give enough of my time to TikTok and to other ministries that I'm trying to do. Um, I yeah. I, I am not going to rob my daughter of time by arguing with somebody yeah. over something that they, they don't even, if they don't have ears to hear, right. then why am I talking to them? Yeah. Like, and that's, I, that gave, I, up, I shot my shot. They, yeah. they rejected it. That, that brings up a good point because uh, we, we were talking about pearls to swine. I actually made a TikTok video about it today because someone was asking, you know, like where, uh, at what, at what point do you draw a line with like pearls to swine, you know, or like at what point, you know, does the gospel become pearls to swine? And I said, you know, I don't think, I don't think the gospel ever becomes pearls to swine. I think the gospel is always valuable. It is always going to be the power of God unto salvation. Um, but I do think that wasting, wasting your time trying to convince someone who isn't a Christian, who isn't even interested in following Jesus, uh, wasting any of your time to try to convince them of other like doctrinal or theological concepts. It's like, that's pearls to swine. Like they're Mm -hmm. not going to get, they don't have a relationship nor are they even considering a relationship with Jesus. So why are, why am I wasting trying to like convince them on, uh, (laughs) like, uh, Oh gosh, what was the thing today? It was a guy who was talking about uh, just uh, oh being full of hate, like telling me that I'm full of hate because I because I preach a gospel that is uh, inclusive, inclusive or exclusive, exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sorry, I always get those two confused. Exclusive. That's what get the exclusivity of the gospel is what gives it gives it its value, right? So if you believe everything to be true, then subsequently. Nothing is true, right? If if you believe everything turns right, but you're turning left, that's right. a horrible example. <laughs> I was trying to go somewhere with that. Um, yeah, you can't. I can't. Uh, you cannot believe both in Christianity and Hinduism. 
Right. You can't believe both of them to be true because Christianity quite literally says that I am the way, the truth, the life, right? Jesus says, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Hinduism has a completely different uh, perspective. They can't both be right. Have you had people, is this a recent thing? You've had somebody say that they're a Hindu Christian? Uh, so there's a lot of universalists out there, like uh, Reverend Brandon Roberts is one of them who will say that all religions oh, is he the, are just... Is he the guy uh, that looks like an elf? I don't <laughs> I don't know. We does he usually wear like a the priest collar, but it's blue, like light blue. He he recently has, yeah. And yeah, so we don't use I, I we don't, don't like use the word elf. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, and I apologize if anybody's offended by me saying he's super gay, but that's just the way I see it. He's just super gay, and uh, I'm not I'm not going to apologize for thinking that way about that guy. Anybody that well, distorts I, the version of the gospel, like it, it's just a. Uh, that is a bastardization of, of who God is and what God has done. And there's no room for it. Like uh, that guy is disgusting. The things that he says, the things that he, that he puts out there is disgusting. And uh, yeah. And they do yeah, that no for thanks. the sake of inclusivity, right? They're trying to make inclusivity uh, a part of the gospel, making it uh, about social justice versus about the kingdom of God. Jesus was here about his father's business, not about social justice. Right. Um, so you have to quite literally deny the inerrancy of scripture to come to that perspective, which he does, right? He doesn't believe in hell. Oh, for sure. Even, uh, he doesn't believe in Jesus. Well, not our Jesus, that's for sure. Yeah. Jesus that works Jesus down at the, uh, the local car place, maybe. But. And Jesus of their own making. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he's he's one of those that basically this there's this thought that, you know, all faiths are at the bottom of a mountain. and Right. All of us are climbing to the top, right? Um, but the, here's the thing. Christianity says they're on the wrong mountain or they're at the bottom of the wrong mountain. Yeah, so the, all, the road to destruction going. is wide and it holds many. There's lots, there's lots of room for lots of different beliefs and views on the road to destruction. So real quick, can we use your example, right? How yeah. quickly you were, uh, and I believe it to be a righteous anger, right? Um, yeah. But immediately... Uh, talked about uh, facial features um yeah the descriptions that you gave let's let's talk through that that was, that yeah. was perfect yeah. um emotionally what were you feeling there um i get very i get very angry on behalf of of truth yeah. i get very people that uh i i feel such um i feel like i understand why they do it and it makes me even more angry uh when i when I realize that it's about, uh, like you said, it, it's a lot of it's about shocking people for you know making a statement for shock value. Uh, it's easy to be controversial. It's very easy to be controversial when yeah. it comes to Christianity because any variance from the truth is going to sound. It's satanically, it's more appealing. Yeah, um, and uh, a lot of these guys are in echo chambers and and they're not they're not they're not. Uh, they don't make themselves available to accountability. So there's no form or way for anyone for a checks and balances uh, there. And the guy's effeminate, the guy's an effeminate looking elf looking guy. Like there's I, look, I, he, he looks like a beta guy. And you know, of all of the things that I'll probably want to repent for later, Logan, I see it in your face. 
I already see it in your face. I already know. I already know the correction that's coming. I'm going to say it first. <laughs> men, look, men need to be men, and and it is it has been far too long that that uh, guys are willing to stand up, and they've been afraid of this patriarchy or that being accused of being part of the patriarchy. Um, there is, in fact, I'm going to even go one better. Paul, Paul says in Galatians about people that are trying to get uh, other people to fall back under the law again. There's these Christians going around trying to bring other people uh, back under the law. And he says, I would rather them castrate themselves. Like mm. Paul thinks so strongly about the, the, uh, the, the bastardization of scripture, the bastardization oh, yeah. of the of representation the of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Bible calls men to not be effeminate. And so that if the Bible says not to be effeminate, that means there must be a level uh, in which a man at some point reaches femininity, reaches some effeminate thing. And I think people that, that resent God, that they go further away from the truth, begin to look less and less the way that God has intended males and women to look like. And that's why we're in the trans crisis that we're in today. But anyway, does that answer your question? Yeah. And the correction is coming, but uh, don't quote, don't quote me on the uh, book chapter verse, but uh, it's actually God. uh, One of his judgments on Israel was that their men became effeminate and their children ran the nation. Um, sounds like a very similar country today that we are we are actually under God's judgment uh, when mm. things like this start to occur. No question. Um, but here's the thing. If Brandon Roberts were to ever see this and he's trying to become corrected and he's yeah. trying to repent and come to truth, what you said, Drew, could actually be a stumbling block for him. Yeah. He'll have to come right. through truth through someone else. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I don't but, look. I don't think that. First of all, like the the gospel is sufficient without me screwing it up. I screw it up just by my simple human words amen. saying the gospel. All right. Amen. So the gospel is sufficient. I'm not going to ruin the gospel. I may ru- I may push him away in a relationship with me, uh, in a friendship yeah. with me. And and look, in here, I'm going to tell you something, man. That God has really put on my heart. So I'm glad that you said it. I'm glad that we can talk about this. I, I am typically introverted. I don't like being around people. I don't, Mm. I don't enjoy being in public. I don't enjoy, uh, it has taken me like over the last 20 years, I don't enjoy fellowshipping with people at church or meeting new people, uh, all of that stuff. Right. And, but God has been impressing upon me something that I think is very important, which he is working on in me is that I need to be more social. I need to be more relational because our eternity is going to be spent with these same people. And I will spend the rest of forever with them. So uh, if I don't get it right now, it's going to be a lot harder when I get to the, when I get to the afterlife. And so uh, (laughs) your glorified state, you're still struggling with it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid to to talk about my mistakes and, and, and yes, I agree. I should not have such a crappy attitude towards this guy, but, but doggone it, man, if it isn't the, the, the wrath of God, when I hear people just abuse the, the beautiful truth of scripture 
for their own purposes. I mean, the, the, what does the Bible say about those guys, especially when it comes to children, which is a, a huge influence right now with trans and LGBT folks are, is messing with the kids. And it talks and and the Bible says very clear that it's, uh, it would be, you know, it, it basically it's going to be better for them to have a, a millstone wrapped around their neck and thrown into the sea. Right. Mm. So yep. it's not good. And if, if my, if my uh, righteous anger gets them to wake up and be like, oh, you know what? He's not catering to my ridiculous, uh, insane, uh, sociopathical ideas of who God is. He's not, he's not giving into it. He's not uh, putting up with it. Maybe that'll be what puts him over. I don't know, man. And it, and it, and it could be, right? So we absolutely stand by the gospel. We... Uh, we do not let someone distort it by any yeah. means. I'd love to hear uh, other says, people's thoughts too, for sure. Paul, Paul says, let them be accursed. Let them be anathema. Let them be anathema. Yes. Right? yes. Uh, so he, he says, let them be accursed for anyone that distorts the gospel. Yeah. Um, but for every one person who stands in radical, or excuse me, righteous anger and points something out, there's another person in the body that hopefully is standing there with radical love not affirming their behaviors and actions, but guiding them through it. And anyone who immediately has a response the same way Drew just did, which I think he's completely justified. um, You pray for that person. You pray for somebody who has that much of a, um, an emotional pull on you. Right. And it's not because there's anything special about Brandon Roberts, but it's because we love the gospel so much. Calvin yeah. once said that even a dog barks when his master is assaulted. Yeah. Yeah, that's we good, defend, man. I like that. We, that's we defend our king. Right. Even a dog but, marks, barks when his master. I really like that. And and you're right, dude. Like what what I would like to see and in my my heart, first of all, if if it came down to it and 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 I knew that that Brandon would be saved, uh, I would do anything. I literally, I would do anything. If I, if it meant I had to give up something in, in order and I knew that he would be saved, I would do it. Uh, you know, even, even giving of myself at this point, I would do it. Uh, I would give my own life for that. So, um, don't get that confused. Don't get my passion for, uh, my true love for people, uh, and the love that I have for scripture in the Lord. Um, they they can kind of coexist. Sometimes they don't always look alike, but uh, don't yeah don't mistake my passion for for correction and and to and, and truth. Uh, I would still Absolutely. lay down my life for those people. I would still give. And and you're right. If if it if something about someone makes me feel a certain way, then doggone it, that means that God is telling me to pray for that person. And you you, you made the best. I think you made a great point with that. Yeah. Thank you. Cause I, I, I hate, I hate what Brandon stands for. Right. It makes me angry. Yeah. Um, I, and it's not just the LGBTQ thing. It's that we're trying to take my worldview, my King's worldview, my King's gospel and distort it for his selfish ambitions. That is what I hate. You have the right and the freedom to be whatever you want. God gave that to you. You want to walk away from him and pursue your flesh? Have at it. I don't think you should. I hope you don't. I hope and you it's not going to work out. Peace and joy of Christ. Yeah. It's just not going to work <laughs> and, out. 
It never does. It's but a natural it's that- order. Like you are, you're violating the natural order of God whenever, and it's, it doesn't matter what kind of sin that you are committing. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, your agnosticism or your atheism, like you are violating the natural order. God has created us to worship him. God has made us in his image to worship him, to glorify him. That is the natural order. And then he sets out in addition to that, all of these other things that we should also do that are natural, that are what God made and how God purposed it. And so when you speak of the same God that created that natural order, but you promote disorder, it invokes, uh, it, it should invoke a reaction for all Christians. If, if you truly uh, believe the things that you believe and the, believe the things that are in the Bible, it should invoke or evoke some sort of a reaction. Yeah, right. It really does. Yeah, it does. Um, so all of that brings us right back into the ending of James. Yeah, let's go. Keep going. (laughs) So, so wisdom from above, right? So now we know what the tongue does, why it's important, how it's stirring our 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 body, and it quite literally can stain our our flesh, right, or our souls. Verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambitions in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambitions exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. There's a time for us to respond in righteous anger. And Paul makes it very clear when we do that. Uh, God, Christ himself made it very clear. Uh, He will be zealous for your house, right? And he goes in and he removes the, uh, the people who are selling and turning God's uh, (laughs) uh, temple into a den of thieves, right? Um, It's very clear that when we have a reverence for God's holiness uh, and the, and the gospel itself, then that righteous anger um, can both be shown in, and firmness and in strength and in courage, yeah. but yet completely in love. Right. Yeah. And there, and it takes, it'll take a lifetime for every Christian to get to that point where they can stand fast to the gospel and tell somebody like it is, but in a way that pierces the heart, I love you, but what you're doing will bring you to ruin. Yeah. I love you. But what you're doing is against, it is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized. Right? Yeah, that's the hardest part, man. I feel like uh, I was, I've really had this conversation with people a lot today is uh, hatred, you know, hatefulness would be not sharing the gospel. Hatefulness would be uh, refusing when, if we believe something that saves us, that saves us from damnation and destruction. We believe it with our whole hearts and our lives. It would be hateful to not share that. That's true yeah. hatred by kn- knowing and believing something so strongly and, and yet being unwilling to share that 
that information with others. And so, uh, yes, I understand when people say, well, that scene, that sounds hateful. Uh, but what you don't realize is I, I don't play Christianity. I don't play yeah. like, I, Amen. I, I'm not, I'm not cosplaying dude. Like I, I believe this, I will die for it. Like I will lay down my life because of the things that I believe, uh, in scripture. Uh, and I, I will do it because God has changed my heart and he has proven himself over and over and over so many times that I know where I'm going when I die. I'm, uh, I'm convinced. And if I'm wrong, guess what? Oh, well, like where you, you deserve to be there anyways, if you're wrong, right? Like, yeah, whatever. Right. Like, but if everybody else is, or if other people are wrong, then you, you have to reconcile with where you're going to go. Judgment is coming. It's coming. And everybody, every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. It's, you you can face you can face reality now or face reality in front of Jesus, but every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So please, please repent and believe on Jesus. Please. Absolutely. He's quite literally the only hope we have. He is. He's a he's a greater Obi Wan. <laughs> and and that being he, he as our only hope as our as we are ambassadors for Christ. We need to be ambassadors that represent him appropriately to a world of darkness. We need to be yeah. lights among darkness, right? No, we need to be salt to an unsalted world. Um, so this is Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It takes a lifetime of growth and God sanctifying you, the Holy Spirit sanctifying you to get to a place where your your responses naturally reflect that. But as you go into the comment section or go on to social media, especially here on TikTok, and you're going into a video that you disagree with, that's, you know, pro-choice, pro-life is a huge thing right now. And you really want to give them the business then give them the business with kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And compassion. Uh, so, Sorry about that. Let me get back on here real quick. So, uh, I want to do some more Bible verses. Let's do. Uh, give me a second. I thought I was on the right. Is, did they take down Bible.net? Is that no longer a website anymore? It goes to mybible.com. That's so unfortunate. It doesn't let me search the Bible. You can go to Bible Hub. Bible Hub. A quick, quick uh, pro tip. Uh, yeah. At least this is how I got through seminary. A Bible verse saying blank, right? And then insert blank that you want to find. So for this uh, Bible verse using tongues or v- Bible verse about tongues. And then just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Go- Google did it for me. Let me see what I can do here. <laughs> I, I've got some. Bind. Yeah, I'm in a bind right now. Uh, let's see. Bible verse. I want. I want to. I could bring up my Bible. I'm just being too lazy. Um, Bible Gateway. There we go. Romans 12. Um, Romans 12, 1 and two. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Yes. Your bodies as a living sacrifice. Your bodies. Okay. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Yeah. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but 
instead of, so instead of conforming to the pattern of this world, here's your other option, a better option. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be transformed. Do not conform, guys. The rest of the world, the world, being a troll online, that's a worldly thing. That's not a Christ-like thing. Absolutely. Right. Your body is quite literally the temple of the Holy Ghost. Right? He it dwells within you. Right? Jesus is seated on the throne of your heart. You got to give your body as a living sacrifice. You you deny the flesh. You sacrifice the, your ambitions, your desires, your attractions, your affiliations, things that you hold dear, and you give them up for Christ. If you're not willing to do that, you quite literally are not a Christian, or at least not a saved one. I mean, you, one. I mean, look, and here's the deal: like you, and that's I think a lot of people have have a hard time with that. But uh, there's a difference between refusing to do it and striving to be better. Yeah. Right. And we're not calling people to. We're, we're talking to people that are striving to be better. Like we we're we're encouraging. Like if you're refusing to do this, go listen to like another podcast. Like we're not. We're not here to like encourage you um, because you're not willing to to even, you know, attempt to, hey, like I could be wrong. Like I could be like literally Drew could be wrong. Logan could be lo- wrong about something. But let's like work it out together. I mean, you're he, he's just just by saying that alone, he is wrong. Um, <laughs> first Peter one. This uh, microphone's first, awesome. You heard me. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> uh, That's first awesome. Peter one thirteen. Um Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. Guess what? You used to live in ignorance, guys. Mm. I lived in ignorance. Uh, Mm. there's, There's still places of my life that I live in ignorance. But guess what? Once you know what the right way to go is, you shouldn't live in ignorance anymore. So, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. Imagine that. The Bible says to do that. (laughs) I want to read Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Go for it. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Right? These are the people that are not in the faith. Make the most of every opportunity, which means you in the comments Make most of that. They when they belittle you and say, "Oh, let me no good job, Trumpy or Trump, whatever," like, like whatever, whatever, like slander they want to use or oh, yeah. you know, however they want to come at you. Um, make the most out of that opportunity, right? Let your con, uh, conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Seasoned with salt, Seasoned right? With salt. There you go. Knowing exactly what he means there. That's you know what, and and even in today's era where we have smack yo mama hot sauce or uh, hot seasoning, <laughs> we still have, we can still rest assured that seasoning with salt is going to do the job. That's right. All right. So make the most out of every opportunity. Right. So I always try to like once, and I'm not perfect at this. You can go find comments of me not being the most Christ-like 
Um, first, first tip, ask the person their name, humanize that profile picture and that username. Yeah. Yeah, hey, like, would you consider blank, blank, blank? They respond. I'm sorry. I don't know your name. Do, do you mind having, if you don't mind, just give me your name. My name is, and then you present, you put yourself out there, make yourself vulnerable. My name is. I like right? that. If if they don't even respond by giving you their name, right? Or if they have some kind of snarky response to my profile, don't don't continue in the conversation. It's done right then and there. Right. If they're not willing to and most of the time they're not they don't want it anyway. Like they don't want to actually they they just want to say then, something, get a reaction. Then don't waste your time. That's right. You can spend it actually bringing somebody home to the kingdom. That's right. Where else? All right. Let me pull up another one, man. First Peter two verse nine. Uh, I mean, I, I, I had a lot of fun finding verses. So, uh, and I like these because a lot of them are, um, they, they, they make a great comparison between, uh, who we once were and who we are now and, and how we are expected to be. Uh, but you are a chosen people, a Royal priesthood, a holy yes. nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, we weren't, I'm a Gentile. I certainly was not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen. We're we're called to to live differently, guys. We're called to be above reproach. We have to, we have to start. And I, and here's what I really think, Logan, and maybe correct me if, if you think I'm wrong on this, but I think it should start with Christians setting that example to, if, if, oh, if we, saw, we saw a movement of Christians, of people with that specific, you know, profile picture that a lot of people have with the United Christian thing or whatever. But if people were to see encouraging comments, like, can you imagine being associated like if, if somebody saw an encouraging comment and they were like, oh, man, are you a Christian? Like, can you imagine if that was the response? Because the world is so dark right now. The world is so uh, just corrupted right now that any light shines through, guys, even the smallest a bit. Be a light. Be an encouragement. Like, drop uh, drop the pride. Drop the ego. It's okay to be to be wrong or to be the, the butt of a joke. But be encouraging either way. God is mm-hmm. gonna you're the you're gonna be held accountable for everything that you say and do. Yeah. Like there's a recording of it, guys. There is a there is a ledger of every word that we have spoken. If that isn't terrifying, I don't know <laughs> what is. That's right. Just just this podcast alone, I should be repenting for probably four or five different things. <laughs> There, so one of the reasons I try to take a gentle approach uh, is because I had to live in a moment where I wasn't gentle. Uh, my senior year, no, 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 I had just gotten back from basic training. Um, so I'm 19 years old, and my uh, my, best friends, right 19, <laughs> my best friends, my best friends, younger brother was talking to a girl that he met online, and she was a Christian, and he had a bunch of questions. Um, but when he presented those questions to me, they were snarky, um, mm-hmm. and with an attitude, um, although genuinely probably searching, um, 
as we continue this dialogue and our back and forth, um, it ended with me saying, how about you stop being such a, um, and the look on his face in that Anzi? moment. Probably yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something close to it. Um, <laughs> right. Cause he was complaining that God flooded the earth, right? He was like, Oh, right. you, so God flooded the earth and killed women and children. And you're okay with that. And, uh, at the time, I really didn't have a good defense, and he put—he basically challenged me and put me back into a corner that I didn't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I responded with with that particular phrase, but the look on his face—I can still see it in my mind today. He was shocked, right? So he had read all four gospels prior to us having this conversation, and this person who says that he knows Jesus and worships Jesus and loves Jesus has just talked to him that way. Sure. Um, and I'm, and I'm a friend of his and I didn't say it gently. I was very aggressive when I said it. Mm. Um, we, we haven't really talked to this day, but don't um, you think that like, shouldn't you have the freedom as, as a friend? Like if you were really like, doesn't that mean that you're concerned? Like you're so, you're so concerned about him and his well being that you are mm-hmm. like, that is an okay. So if I stub my toe and I, you know, throw out an expletive, right? Like it's because it hurt, and yeah. it's not really like if I was if I was like trying to save my kid from the road, and I was like, get out of the effing road, like, but I'm doing it like, like it's not really. I don't think that you should beat yourself up about it, Logan. Like I don't know if maybe oh, that's you feel that way, but like to me, I get it. Like calling somebody a name, but like at the same time, you're. you're you're so passionate it, about seeing this guy saved, right? Yeah. yeah so it wasn't yeah, exactly right. So it wasn't so much that I cussed at him. Uh, it was, it was his face, right? It was his, his response. So I okay. technically we, I mean, we cussed at each other all the time. We went back and forth all the but time. It was that moment um, that, that there was something he was actually searching for in that moment. I pray that God puts yeah. another person that is a, a rock in his shoe that brings will. him to, uh, redemption. Um, he will. I had a guy uh, when I was in uh, I was in Texas, and he was my patrol partner. We would go out on the road and patrol together, and I just would talk about my wife, and I would talk about Jesus, and I was just excited. Yeah, I was. I've always been excited. Like twenty years saved, I've always been excited to talk about Jesus. You know, it's never never a hard thing for me. And the guy left to go to Iraq, and he went. Uh, he was gone for a year, and. When he got back, the first thing that he did, he's like, Drew, I've been wanting to talk to you. I was like, what's up, dude? He's like, I got saved, bro. Like, I was like, what? He's like, he's like, I just, he's like, I was over in Iraq. And he's like, I just remembered all of the things that you used to say about Jesus. And I was like, I don't remember any of those things that I used to say about you. Cause I just talk about him all the time. He's like, he's just, he's my God. I'm going to talk about him. He's my Lord. You know, he's. he's And that's how it should be. Yes. He's all we talk about. We should right. be annoying to people. We should be annoying. But in a good, like, that's the thing, man. Like, Christians have messed up so much. And this is the problem that I have is, like, we uh, we get so hung up in these these things that don't matter. We get so hung up in these small little nuanced, you know, uh, this was the Sabbath on a Saturday? Dude, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. It doesn't stop worrying about the Torah. Stop worrying. Like, it's so ridiculous. Please, can we move on to like things that have meaning? Like, you're, you're worried 
to argue with me about what is uh, what's what if I'm keeping uh, a feast or, or whatever, and and you treat your family like crap. Like what's what is going on here? What are you laughing my boy at? Just, you man, my boy just went off. <laughs> You're I'm right. Just, I'm because, bro. I'm passionate we, about we, Jesus. <laughs> we get we get ambitious about particular things, and then um, the old it becomes distractions in our life. Right where. Um, we're more worried about our our theology being what it is versus the main thing being the main thing, which is Jesus. Right, right? Um, now theology is very, 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 very important. Like, it, theology um, is the, very this, important. This, this Sunday, important. I went to a, a Presbyterian church. I watched yeah. a baby get baptized. I don't believe in infant baptism. Um, oh my! You didn't I mean, storm out. You didn't yell. You didn't stand up in the middle of church and be like, "You heathens are going I, to hell." No, I prayed with the church and I welcomed that yes. child into the covenant of God. Yes. Um, Man, it's almost yeah. like you can just be a reasonable person to not be a D, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I won't say the words I, just for the sake I of the I said audience. it in my I head, though. Really you, made, you made me say it in well, my head. I guess I just caused you to sin. Sorry for that stumbling block. <laughs> you know, I happen to offer a stumbling block removal service as well. His name is Jesus. Trust in him. What's up, Rad Dad? Just got here. You guys are amazing. Thanks, brother. I read. Do you have any comments you want to read out while we're live? Uh, it's a good segue to to kind of maybe go on to something else. Anything yeah. good? Um, Pastor Slater said, "Our words matter. What we say matters. We have to be cautious in what we say. We really do." And I, to bring, I don't that like that judgment, to... Pastor Slater. I don't yeah, appreciate yeah. that. That judgment towards here, me, like I don't like the way that that makes me feel. So why don't you say something of his name? Uh, you automatically, you automatically is, know he's judging everybody. Is that his real name? Pastor <laughs> um, I use that experience though that I had with Love my you, friend um, as a reminder. Yeah. Right. Even even if I even if I'm overthinking it, right. And you know, as you as time moves on, your memory actually changes, yeah. um, and you don't actually remember things as they happened. But. Uh, if, if even if I'm not accurate, the Holy Spirit has used that as a way for me to always be cautious on how I respond. Yeah, it's people. probably more about you. It probably was more <laughs> of a lesson for you. No, seriously, yeah, like because so. the gospel is. Look, do you do you believe that that is going to prevent your friend from being saved? Do you think that that oh, is going to be the one? Okay, so so then a stumbling the block day, maybe, but not. Yeah. Sure. So at the end of the day, the gospel will do what the gospel is supposed to do. Correct. The lesson is actually for you. God allowed that to happen so that you would get a check in your own heart and be like, you know what? I'm not going to call my friend the P word next time. The next time I'm having a gospel conversation, I'm going to leave that word out of my mouth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the uh, the final thing I wanted to leave you guys with. So I wrote. Um, so Proverbs 15, one, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm, I like right. That. And that, and that's what they're doing to you. They're giving you a harsh word. It stirs up your anger. Your pride gets in the way and, you know, you all of a sudden throw out the, your flesh takes over. You throw out the fruit of the spirit. You're no longer, you know, seeking love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, mm-hmm. right. And gentleness, self-control against such things right so uh they 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 throw out a harsh word it angers you and then you just kind of rebuttal humble yourself in that moment tell them you know what i hear you i hear what you're saying i i don't appreciate that if that's how this conversation is going to continue i'm just going to leave thank you so much 
insert their name. Because if you haven't got their name, there's no reason to continue in the conversation. Right? Yeah. I think that's fair. Let me uh, leave you guys with a few more verses on this topic so that you can look it up. If you are listening and taking notes, which if you're that weirdo that's taking notes of a podcast, then good for you. Um, <laughs> uh, first Peter 2.9, uh, First Corinthians 6.19, Ephesians 4.17, 1 Timothy 4.12, Psalm 34.13, uh, also 37.30, Proverbs 15.2, uh, and then James 3.8. We read through James uh, but those are all verses that I felt like were adequate for taming of the tongue. And I think that it all really goes back to um, we are held accountable in the same, like if we are having a conversation, you, you, you need to be online the same way that you would act if you were at a, at, at church right before service starts, like you're interacting with people, you're talking, maybe you're having a conversation, but when, when people are having a conversation, you don't just walk right up and start your own conversation. You don't, or, or you don't, you're not like listening. And then you just, you decide, well, I don't like that. He just said that over there. So you make your way over to tell them that you don't like the thing that they said. Look, like if you don't like it, take it up with God. Like at the end of the day, like sometimes you, you may disagree with people, but you're doing more damage to yourself. You're doing damage. You're just making it harder. You're making it harder on everybody. So just shut up. And stop doing those things and, you know, be a nice person and don't be a D or we're going to call you a P. <laughs> <laughs> it's our podcast. We can talk however we want. We can say, yeah. this is my podcast. This is the <laughs> doctor's rat. It's rude A dudes. <laughs> That's what it stands for. <laughs> oh, That's what it stands for. Um, Meanwhile, everybody watching is like saying the cuss word in their head. It's good. I know. It's good. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? The, I'm just going to, we, maybe we need here. I'm going to write this down as a note. We need to do, we need to do an episode on cussing because uh, I happen to think that it doesn't matter what you say, um, but it does matter when you say it. Uh, so. And who we, you say it and, to. Well, and who you say it to. Sure. Or how you say it to them. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good point. Uh, I I'm of the belief to think that you know if I'm with my buddies and we like to call each other you know Turd Ferguson and all those other things um, that it's uh, that it's okay and we we do it in love and whatever the word is as long as it's done out of a heart that's loving and you know passionate to the person um, you know. I just think that words, you know, the word green could mean uh, something really bad if you really wanted it to. Um, gay marriage. <laughs> gay marriage is yeah. the question for so, the week. Yeah, the question of the week. Uh, we had a great question uh, on the podcast comments last week uh, about gay marriage. And uh, so if, if you guys have ever have questions that you want us to oh, look, there's my cat. Uh, good. We're at the last part of the, so the show goes out, you know, the last hour we're at, it, it's whatever cats everywhere, <laughs> dogs barking. Who cares? Come on, buddy. Get it's on my show. It's so naked. It is very naked. Come on, bud. That is, the, that is, did you shave it? Is, yeah, is that an I don't like, naked? see, look, it's a, look, it's solidarity, dude. You know? like, <laughs> I guess you're bald. Right? I'm like Dr. Evil. Like $1 million, Mr. Bagglesworth. 
Uh, <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. It is. Uh, off the rails podcast. That's what it's called. Um, I Okay, so we have, a, we have an email. It's doctrinesofrad at gmail.com. We would love – you guys can ask us questions on the videos. You can ask us questions in the email. Uh, you can DM us questions for the podcast, even finding us on TikTok, Doctrines of Rad on TikTok. But uh, we would like to use the end of our show to answer questions that you guys may have. Um, how upset are you about the sardine shortage? Just terribly. Uh, and uh, so <laughs> – People that are only listening have no idea what just happened. Um, <laughs> so uh, we were asked, what, what would you do? Uh, how would you respond if you were invited to go to a wedding and it was a homosexual wedding? So two men or two women getting married. Let's say that you were invited. I don't know if it's family, if it differs for you, uh, or if you have the same answer across the board. But um, what is what do you think is the appropriate Christian response? Or... Logan, if you don't feel comfortable like speaking for everyone, what do you think at least is what your response would be? And then I'll, I'll come and give you mine as well. Uh, I'll, I'll speak for every uh, true, saved, believing Christian. Um, you don't go. We don't really understand in our modern context. Like first, So I do weddings, right? And when I say to the audience, does anyone have anything against these two coming together in holy matrimony speak now and forever hold your peace that body of individuals there is there to confirm that these two individuals are even in a place that they can be married i.e they're not uh related right that they're not married to other people that they're not uh in adulterous relationships that somebody knows about and that is a moment for them to speak now right? That, that you are there as witnesses is very important. And we don't realize that. Mm. See, in our modern culture, in our context today, it's about the bride, right? It's not about God, right? It's not, this, this is an act of worship to a holy and righteous God because he has established marriage, marriage. comes from God. Yeah. He exactly. He is the author. Um, so if the audience is there, to be witnesses to this act of worship between a man and a woman coming together as one flesh. Um, and you go to a, a wedding where it's uh, now a man and a man and a woman and a woman or whatever uh, spectrum they want to hold to, you're affirming that action just by being there. Uh, a friend in college, uh, I, I kind of had an idea uh, that she was a part of the uh, LGBTQ community, uh, but never confirmed. Uh, after I had left college and actually moved to Fort Benning, uh, she asked me to be in her wedding. Um, oh, to actually be in it, not even just attend. Uh, but yeah, be to a stand as a wow. um, uh, as a man of honor, I guess is what I would have been. Uh, that seems like a very contradictory title for what you're being asked to do. <laughs> Instead of a groomsman, I'm a, I was a man of honor. Wow, okay. um, I, I was silent for about two months on the response. Mm. I, I took a lot of time to think about this because I love this person. I still do. I still do today uh, that she will not speak to me. Um, and I understand why, right? She holds something dear to her and I have basically told her it's not okay. Um, but I still love her. Um, and 
I still pray for her often. Um, but I cannot, I cannot go against the word of God in order to uh, affirm her feelings or affirm her lifestyle. I cannot do it. All right. I'm going to play devil's advocate because I got a good go comment in here. All right. Rad dad right. says, so what about an unsaved man and a saved woman or vice versa? Perfect. They, I will not be, uh, I won't perform their wedding. Um, Would you right? attend it? So, so unsaved in the sense of like, I don't know if they've been regenerated um, or confessing. Well, I suppose, uh, I mean, here, I'll just, I'll answer for him. Cause it may take a while to get up to answer that. So what if it, it is a, un, an un, like they're not, they, they maybe are Jewish. It's a Jewish person marrying a Christian woman and they invite you to attend. Would you go? Would you hold the same standard there? I think mm. there's a difference. I, I truly do, but I'm curious what you think. I don't think I would perform it. Um, right. But would you attend it? And and does that differ for a gay couple? Would you attend it but not perform it? Oh, no, no, I won't attend it at all. Okay, no, so no, on no, for no. for gay, just to be clear, quite, yeah, quite you wouldn't attend God or perform. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we see that An Paul, atheist and a Christian, Rad Dad says. If it's an atheist and a Christian. So we see that Paul uh, has a very clear uh, explanation to people who become believers— uh, and are married to individuals who aren't believers, um, potentially people who became believers and got married to unbelievers um, because they potentially could bring them into the kingdom of God through their life, right? Through that holy matrimony. Um, I don't find a reason not to go to that because at the end of the day, that it will still be a man and a woman um, as, as it was designed. Yeah, I think that's uh, what it is for me too. Let me let me just throw in my two cents. I think it does have to go back to the natural order of things uh, in the way that it's designed. There is uh, you can celebrate a covenant like it, it, regardless of the people meaning to make the cut, co- like if they're going to hold in the covenant or not. Like, I don't know if they're going to get divorced. So if they get divorced and break a covenant, it's the same as them not honoring, you know, each other in the covenant to begin with. So uh but because God has made marriage to be between a man, like the entire idea of marriage is, but it's a covenant. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a representation of the Trinity. It's, it's God, the husband and the wife. It's, it's the body, it's the, the body and the bride, the, the bride and the groom and, and the Lord, like the, the church Jesus, you know, it's like, it's all of those things rolled in one. It's very important yeah. and it's very representative of God's natural order for things. Um, Absolutely. But can There's I, can a- I actually give, I have an example. It's not about a wedding, but I, I feel like uh, I, I have a similar, it, it was a baby shower. So let me throw this at, let me tell you what I ended up doing. And, and this is where I, I really struggled. Okay. So we have a family member, cousin of mine. Uh, that um, is not married and slept with his girlfriend, got her pregnant. Okay. And they had a baby shower. Um, I told my wife that I was not comfortable with us attending the baby shower. Not Mm. that we're not celebrating the life of a baby. We will absolutely support. We will give them a gift to take care of the child because that's what our obligation should be to do uh, as a body of believers anyway. 
But the simple fact that they were unrepentant, unmarried, had a child, and he knew better. He's he's a believer. He comes from a believing. He's it's it's our it's our cousin. Uh, but we, I said, I, I just don't feel right attending and celebrating the mother. Uh, in addition to this baby shower, like doing having a celebration for uh, a baby that was born out of wedlock. Now it's, it has nothing to do with the baby. It has everything to do with the celebration of how the baby uh, was made. But do you, do you think that, what do you think about that? How, how would you have felt if they were repentant? They weren't married. So that would have, uh, if they got married, there would have been a difference. Yeah. Were they moving towards marriage? No, they're to this day still not married. And this was, uh, few months ago yeah like six months ago i don't know i don't think i hold that same conviction Um, yeah but uh i don't i don't i think you're i don't think you're wrong by any means like at all um i felt the same way did you ever did you ever explain to him why you didn't go like you did an opportunity for dialogue no because it, I mean, I honestly, I haven't, I haven't spoken to him in a long time. And it, this, it, even before the invite, I wasn't invited to the shower. It was my wife that was invited. So um, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of weird because we are older or we're like the older cousins of the family. Mm. So it's, it's already like, it's not our generation. So she didn't know uh, his girlfriend well enough to like, it would, it would have been weird, I think, but I think ultimately, like the way I felt was, I I am not going to go celebrate, uh, in the sense of a baby shower, uh, for a couple that had sex out of marriage, knowing better. He knew better. He's the guy. He knew better. Uh, I will, you know, I'm willing to support financially if needed and whatever. Maybe give a gift, but uh, for the for the sake of the baby. But yeah, I don't know because baby showers are they celebrate the mom. They celebrate like I, I don't know, dude. Maybe maybe I over maybe I was it was too much for me. Maybe I over uh, over analyzed or over convicted myself. Well, I mean, maybe it could have led to an opportunity for you guys to have that conversation. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. God, God doesn't put these restrictions on to harm you, but these restrictions are there to <laughs> quite literally protect that child. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so back on the gay marriage thing, then uh, I think I agree with you that uh, I would not go, and um, I would have to have the conversation. If I if I had to have, uh, it depends on like I guess how close the person was, but I would have to say like, look, uh, I believe that marriage is a God created covenant uh, between a man and a woman, and uh, I just regardless of what the state says is legal, because that's not my argument. I don't care what the state does. I don't care what the country does as a whole. Like, I mean, at at the end of the day, people are going to end up doing like we were talking about earlier. They're going to do what they want to do. But don't come come into my worldview and try to use our, 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 I guess, rituals in a sense. um, Right. And then like distort it. Right. There's this very beautiful description in scripture where you see the father walking the bride, right, creation, down the aisle to the son. And then the son, through his redemptive act, gives the bride back to the father, completely purified. 
mm. made re- like re- just restored. Mm. So you see, you see the marriage ceremony happening between God the Father and God the Son, and we we get to be a part of that as the church. And He brings creation down to the Son, gives us a way to the Son, then the Son through His redemptive act gives us back to the Father. One, it proves is it shows us that we're not the subject of the story. They are, right? right. He is. God is. Um, but we don't distort that. God has designed marriage for our good. Um, quite, uh, whoever asked that question, he's he's got me. I want to I want to spend a little bit more time thinking through this. I yeah. think I would I think I would be in attendance in affirmation of the believer mm. um, marrying the. Uh, non-believer i wouldn't say atheist right um just not not a believer yet yeah not a believer yet because my hope and being there would be that through that uh marriage god brings the other the the partner into uh redemption um now i wouldn't perform the wedding right what about a couple uh, that was living together and like openly having sex uh before marriage I did do you, a wedding like that, actually. Well, would you attend? Would you attend one though? And and what what standards would you hold for that? I quite literally performed two of those, um, mm. and to so this day, you, I still doesn't seem like you feel good about that. Uh, it Tell me about sister- what you're feeling. <laughs> so it was my sister in law and her uh, her um, boyfriend. They have a baby together. Um, I thought it was the next step we needed to do in order to uh, do for an act of repentance for this 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 family, right? Um, so they were taking that step to uh, be made right with God. Um, the other one was a as a couple that had been together for seven years, and finally the conviction for them to get married uh, came over them. Um, and after I, I I mean I did marriage counseling with both of them uh, to make sure. Or both, you know, both sets, right? Yeah. Both ways. Um, to make sure that, hey, do, the, like these are some issues that are going to come up. Marriage, one of them, let's start here. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and affirm him? Um, and, you know, so on and so forth for both of them. Um, because if you don't agree on that, hmm. uh, one of you does, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. Um, my hope in performing those marriages was for them to um, repent and be made right and, within their, their, their relationship, right. As a family. So you would be willing to, would you perform a, a marriage for, um, oh gosh, what was I going to ask? I feel like there would be people out there that would justifiably not perform a marriage between a Christian and a non-Christian or like, how do you feel about that? If, if it's a, so in the end, a marriage between a Christian and a non-Christian, I would not. Interesting. And but I, it, I, I wouldn't mind attending uh, for yeah. the sake of the believer that is yeah. uh, there. Um, so why wouldn't you? Perform uh, so here, here's, a, here's another thing. Do I go to uh, not a secular wedding right, right. where it's a man and a woman? And it has no are, mention of God, right? Like yeah. what? A, yeah, no priest, no rabbi, or whatever. Like it's just a traditional—not traditional. It's just a modern, secular wedding. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Slater said this could be an episode all on its own. 
Uh, and Mr. It Beck might be. Said, it's okay. We're 20 oh. minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mr. Beck said, but doesn't the Bible tell us not to be unequally yoked? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It does. So that's um, why you, you're saying that you wouldn't because you feel like I, there to be unequally yoked. So it's not, yeah. it's not honoring to God. Right. Yeah. And I think I'm in attendance because at the end of the day, people are going to do what they're going to do. Mm. Um, in the sense of a secular wedding though, and I need to, I really need to work my, uh, my heart around this and my convictions around this. This is the first time I've ever actually categorized all of these into. That's awesome, man. Great, uh, I, man. I'm so, I'm so quick to say, you know, gays can't get married, but like, let's start putting some, let's start putting some twist on it. How do you really feel? Wow. Yeah. No, it's good. It brings up, I mean, I, I feel like, and see guys, this is the thing. Christianity is messy. Like there is, there, there are some things that are gray area. They're just not clear cut. It's not easy to get to the bottom to know the exact way. And this is why the Lord is so clear on conviction being important, because if you think something is a sin, even though it's not, if you think it's a sin and you do it anyway, you're sinning. That's how, that is how, that's how sin, sin is like it's sin is so sin that if you think of something is a sin and you do it anyway, you're sinning. And even though God has given us like liberty and freedom and we have, we can do, you know, all things are, uh, oh gosh, all things are not, what's the word I'm looking for, but they're not edifying. All things are, all all things are, well, where he's basically says you can do all things, like you're free to do things, but not all things are profitable. Right. Yeah. So all things are wise for you to do. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I don't, anyway. Yeah, Pastor like, Slater's like it's really hard to be consistent in these conversations. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there's 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 always going to be a nuance that uh, the, the from the the fallen fallen world that we live in. There's always going to be that nuance that starts to kind of kind of creep in there. Like so, if yeah. we're going to take a hard stand here, right? Gays can't get married. Then what? Where? Where do we? Where do we set the line on other categories? Yeah, so what other sin is that? You're going to go. You're going to go to a non-believer secular wedding where they don't even mention God. Well, at that point, it's not even a real wedding. I'm there to be in just a, a party, I guess. Right. right. That that really is no act of worship at all. Sure. Um, but are you giving approval to a thing that God once ordained or did ordain to be holy? That's the hard yeah, question, right? Yeah, I am. At that, if you are in attendance, you're giving approval and affirmation for the act that is occurring. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess I, I would prefer that the secular world be married man uh, and woman, um, and it would profit the secular world. Um, it's not going to be the same as it is in the sense of, you know, an act of worship to a holy and righteous God. Um, and God could use that to actually bring them to himself, right? Yeah. Um, it looks like we got and, uh, and And that's the difference. You cannot... God will not, God will use a believer and a non-believer together in, in holy matrimony, right? Sure. For his, for his good, yeah. um, or is an act of worship to, you know, be a light to the world. He will not do it with a homosexual marriage, right? It goes against the natural order of how he has established marriage to be. So Rad Dad says, well, can you be in attendance to all of the above and be in constant prayer over the ceremony? That reminds me of something. I went to, I got invited to a Unitarian church one time when I was, 
gosh, this was many, many years ago, probably 15 to 17 years ago. But it was a friend of mine that was really excited and wanted to uh, invite me to. And I was really like, oh, my gosh, I don't like this is not this is not the God that I worship. Uh, I felt like it was just uh, I wanted to be respectful of my friend. I wanted to be respectful of, uh, you know, oh, they invited me to their church. Maybe they'll come to mine, you know, that sort of deal. Uh, and it was a Unitarian church. But I tell you, the whole time that I was there, I was praying. I was like, Lord, please, like I am in full conversation with God right now because I am not honoring the this, this stuff. But like I look back and I'm like, I felt gross. I felt gross being like in attendance. Uh, I, I was just like, this isn't church. Like this is they're talking about Jesus, but not the Jesus that I know. And it's just it was so bothersome. I, I, I think I. Absolutely. Probably not gone back in the day. So, so I've been to a Jehovah's Witness church, um, been to a Mormon church, um, actually went to a Mormon service while in, in the army. That was during basic training. I was, oh, no kidding. Uh, my bunkmate was a Mormon. He was like, you should come church with me. I had no idea what a Mormon was. Um, I figured, that, I mean, you guys love Most Jesus. Most Mormons don't know what they are. They think they're Christians. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you love Jesus. I love Jesus. This should be good. Um, and, uh, in that in that process, um, I, I, I've I've watched a friend of mine bow to uh, a Buddhist idol um, while I was watching TV at their house. Right, so yeah, um, like I think God puts us in those moments and opportunities for us to see the, the rest of the world, but in the, at the same time not uh, succumb to the rest of the world. Right, so I I was uh, something inside of me was hurt when. I watched this person bow to, to Buddha. Um, it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Right. No, I, I had my, so I remember being a, a, a pretty young Christian and my mom had some Mexican like sun God statues in her house. And, uh, I was like, I felt really weird sleeping in the same room with like this plastered like sun god thing although like i look back on it now i'm like well that doesn't have like there's no power over me you know like god god is in power over me god has control over me not not Ra, the sun god like you know what i mean like whatever but uh but i do think that like i do think that there's some danger like some christians probably have some idols like literal physical like icons and idols in their home that they probably don't know much about and yeah. may want to take into consideration that that's not something that they should have in their home. A good book to read uh, about idols is God's at War by Kyle Edelman. Um, basically, he shows how our entertainment becomes an idol. Notice how that's you put your TV. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you put your uh, your TV up on a mantle and, you know, you, you're seated in front of it, right? And it, mm. your TV becomes a throne and you're seated as a subject and you, you watch your entertainment and you enjoy it and you are, you, you give all your time to it. Um, TikTok can become an idol, right? You're, you're, oh, you literally sure. can make an idol out of anything. Your, your follower count can become an idol. Yep. Like, oh, what about how am I doing today? This podcast easily um, could become an idol. This we have podcast. To yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Hey, for can me, I boxing? Uh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say bo- boxing became an idol for me. Um, Church was an idol for a while, and I don't mean that in I mean that in in all the the right ways. Like it, I meant in this in the sense of like finding 
a church, like making, ma- finding a church that perfectly met all of the needs that I thought mm. that I needed. Yeah. That became an idol for me. Higher yeah. education became an idol for me. My work in the government became an idol. Like my position as a chief in the Navy was absolutely an idol for me. I was the, the country nationalism was an idol for me that I had to get over. Like these are things that I've really like had to let go of. Chief is what? E8? Seven. E seven, okay. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never cared much about anything past E seven, but E seven was where I wanted to get. So that's right. Uh, out there, congrats, brother. Uh, thanks, man. That's a big deal. That's a real yeah, big deal. I appreciate it. So, uh, Rad Dad, in his comments here, uh, so I don't know if he's being serious. Rad Dad, I don't know. I, I actually don't know what your faith is. So, uh, if anything that I'm saying sounds confusing or or whatever, please, you know, feel free to. We can have a discussion about it, but. Uh, he was asking about Mormons because I made the comment about Mormons not being a Christian. And I actually do believe that Mormons do not serve the same Jesus. They do not believe in the same Jesus that the Bible preaches. Uh, But many Mormons would argue that that is the, a lot of people would say, well, what about when you got upset about, you know, uh, that one guy that said Calvinists aren't Christians. So why would you say that about Mormons? So let's just, can we discuss this? So we got time, yeah, know, if you're uh, on a so, time crunch, but we can talk about this too. So quite literally, if we get Jesus wrong, we get the gospel wrong. We get the Everything. gospel wrong. We get our salvation wrong, right? Um, Jehovah's Witness believe in a different Jesus. Mormons believe in a different Jesus. Uh, Muslims believe in a different Jesus. Um, progressive Christians believe in a social justice Jesus, right? Mormons separate from us because they have a a pantheon of gods, right? That they will one day become gods, Um, that uh, the God Elohim, um, the heavenly father, uh, came from his own planet as a human, uh, became his own God, created us, had a bunch of celestial children um, of which Jesus and Satan are brothers of that of that offspring and so are we right so we are heirs with christ that that's one way that uh joseph smith distorted it um and that we are you know that we are brothers and sisters of jesus and lucifer and all the angels right um that is a different jesus than than the jesus of scripture right plain and simple i mean it doesn't you don't even have to go that like you don't even have to go that deep into their doctrine it, all and you it, have to understand is the basis of the foundation of what they believe, who they believe God is, God the Father, and who they believe Jesus is, is in is night and day different from what the Bible teaches. Yeah. So my God is eternal. Yes. Right? My God didn't uh, wasn't a human at one point. My God wasn't uh, kind of elevated to godhood. He always was. When he told uh, um, Moses that I am. Right, saying that I have always been, I, I just am, I, I, I quite literally is. Right, he just is. Yes, um, he is not created, um, and Scripture is very clear that that our one God of essence is distinctly described into three different persons. Mm-hmm. So where they have created a Jesus who is created, the Bible describes Jesus as begotten from the father yes and that the spirit is wholly spirated from um from the father through the son right 
Um, and John 1, 1, it says that Jesus was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, right? Uh, Jehovah's Witness will change that was uh, to a way that, or I think it's Mormons, one or the other, change it to the word was a God. Yeah, yeah. Or they, or they both do it. They might, <laughs> yeah, that it might is, be both. Yeah, it is JWs. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a very strange look. I mean, the reality is guys, uh, I feel like I say that a lot. I need to stop saying the reality is that needs to be it. That needs to stop right now being a catchphrase of mine. While you're I'm speaking being truth by my, by, by my kitty. Um, in, in your cat's glorified state, will it have hair? Or... <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's hilarious, dude. Uh, that is so funny. So, um, <laughs> It is very important. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. A cool cat. Um, you really, you really got to understand that, like, just because Mormons use the Bible as a part of their worship, you know, and call themselves Christian, okay, that their their God is just a different God. It is not the same. The, the God of the Bible does not come from a, a star of the near the planet Kolob. It does. The God of the Bible does not have two sons, one named Lucifer and one named Jesus. That's just not the Bible. That's the Mormon books. Those are the, all of their books and all of their doctrines. So if there is a, that's a, those two things alone are such distinct differences. You can't get past. There's no agreeing. There's no agreement on that because we worship a different God. And I'm not going to try to call myself a Mormon. So don't don't try to call yourself a Christian. Maybe we need to change our. Maybe we need to be like biblical Christians. Like like maybe we need to say we're like biblical. You know, like Jesus of Nazarethians. So Ange on my comments, uh, she brings up a great point. Sure. Right, and this this goes back to our original is this, conversation. Is, is this Angie that comments all the time? I just want to say hi. Thank you, Angie, for all of your fun comments. If that's I think her. so. Okay. Um, but she says Mormons go or they go so hard for what they believe, even though it's all wrong. It's kind of sad that we are, if Jesus is truly on the throne, right? And we as believers and we have given our bodies and our lives over to Christ, um, if we're not representing our our faith the same way they are right mormons are known as the family people yeah right? they got they they got that down lot like they yeah they're they're just they go with it for two years dude they go they, they do and <laughs> they leave and their they, home and they, they people and they're kind and gentle yes and they, and they, they make that represent <laughs> but they represent they are very sweet um, and they're known for being very sweet family People. Yes. Don't give them any caffeine though. Wrong. <laughs> and they're completely wrong. Yet yeah. Christians and our our Christian liberty don't see that as a problem, right? How how are we being outdone by a, a heretical group? Well, because it's easier it's easy to be religious, dude. Like it's to me at the end I really believe that it's easier uh, it's very hard to be a true Christ follower. You are you are being assaulted on all sides of of all kinds of evil every day, all the time. So it, it's very difficult. So when you are when you are in a false religion, that's why false religions are easy. Like it, it, I know it doesn't sound like it's easy to do all these things, but it's easy because it's a lie. 
it's it's easy because it's it's what the world rewards. Like the world is not your friend. The world will reward you with an earthly reward, with an earthly treasure. And that's it. There is no, but you have no communication. You have no relationship with your creator and you're worshiping a variant of him that is not true. So it, to me, it seems like it's easier because there's, why, why is the devil going to attack a Mormon? What, what reason does the devil have to attack a Mormon? Is, is he, he you're already on the devil's side. Why is he going to attack you? He's going to attack Christians. Spiritual, spiritual demonic forces attack true believers of Jesus. So it's never going to be easy. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on like a no. all that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they they asked um, when you Jesus, you get a different gospel. Um, yeah. When Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, the life," you need to make sure that you search the scriptures and find the correct Jesus. Yeah, it's that important. It's not hidden. If, it's not secret. It's not, not hidden knowledge. It's very clear. Like it, it, it's the simplicity of the gospel is what's beautiful. Like that's how the Mormons get you is they'll be like, well, if you just pray, you know, like, look, I know you don't, you have a hard time, but if you just go and you ask God to, to open you up and, and to show you, then he'll show you like, no. <laughs> Was that Jeremiah uh, 11, 29 or 29, 29 11? I know the plans yeah, I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you. No, so maybe it's Isaiah where he said, uh, what does he say? If you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Mm. Well, how does that work with the Bible when it says uh, none seek, none none are good, none seek it's after Jeremiah, God? It's Jeremiah 29, 12. <laughs> it's like the very 12. next verse. I oh, think nice. so. It's the very next verse. Um, yeah, none seek. Yeah, well, so, and that's why we hold to the, the current position that we're in, right? Because until... The Holy Spirit brings us to life. We won't seek him. Right. None seek. None seek. That's right. Any other comments or questions? Uh, I don't, I think I've got lots of, thank you, brother, uh, rad dad for all he said. Just appreciate the explanations. Thank you guys. Thank you. Good sirs. Um, he did say that it's hard out there for a single Christian man. Uh, I believe that with all my heart, uh, you know, bless you guys for having to do that. I'm, uh, thankful. We need to do, so I've, I've been writing down ideas for podcasts. So, so far I've got a, I've got a cussing podcast that we need to do. I've got mm. an end times eschatology podcast that we should do. I've mm. got a, what is a husband? What is a wife podcast that we should do? Dips. Uh, I want it. That's mine. So yeah, I've got lots of, and, and this gives, thank you, Russ. Appreciate it. Uh, any of you guys have anything that you want us to talk about and address or whatever, uh, we will do ho- whole shows on a topic. We will should whatever. Christians do online dating? Should Christians be on Tinder? Ooh, I, that's how I met my wife through Tinder. Did you really? No kidding. Yeah. Well, I met my wife online too, but it wasn't through a dating app. It was a blog. Yeah, we we, we we matched we matched on Tinder, and then I I messaged her on her Instagram, and then she deleted her Tinder, and then. I think Christians can meet anywhere. I I think the idea, if you go on to Tinder for a hookup, like if you're participating in hookup culture, no. Yeah, you should not be doing that. You need to repent and and not do that. But uh, if, you know, looking for, I don't think there's anything wrong per se se with a dating app. I'm just glad I don't have to do it. Been married for 20 years. I don't have to date anymore. I wouldn't know how to do it in the first place. I didn't keep this up. 
right? I have my dad bod going. I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable. I have two dad bods going right now in, in just one. I got two dad, my two dads. I make Logan fall over. You, you reacted so heavily that your screen froze on the screen. That's hilarious. Did it really? Yeah. No, but I am working. Actually, one of the things that I've been really feeling like the Lord has been uh, so I've been two weeks clean of nicotine, bro. I have yes. free. I was doing pouches. I had been smoking for years. I had been vaping and stuff. Um, over two weeks now, actually, over two weeks nicotine free. Yes, so I, that's a praise to the Lord for that. That's I am going to be awesome. getting healthier, which means I'm probably going to die soon. So just letting you know, like that's the way it goes. Is you, I'll quit. The sanctification process happened real quick for you. With all of this stuff, I'm going to start working out again. I'm going to get into really good shape, and the Lord's just going to take me away because I'll be unstoppable. You if think I'm it'll be a great, buff? No, I won't ever get buff again, dude. I, I had a, I had my. <laughs> I said best, bus. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you, you said. You think buff. it will be a bus? That's how uh, you take it out. I think that, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's going to take me out. I'll become too powerful. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I have mastered my tongue and my nicotine. I've done it all. Yeah. Look no, out, I, world. no if, if, if anything is clear after tonight's podcast, I have not mastered my tongue and, uh, <laughs> we've got, hey, a, just, we got a ways to go. That reveals just more reason to pray for that individual. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. But so for me, my, my fitness uh, classes start on yes. first. A yes. big dream of mine to get carry across fitness to actually manifest um, has began uh, or will begin on June first. So I, I can't wait for that, man. Yeah, that's really good, man. That's good. We'll 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 uh, we'll have to do a uh, we'll have to do a get to know us podcast uh, just to kind of. I feel like we didn't do a really good intro of like what are we about, man? Like we talked about our, where we went to, uh, how we went to church, like different churches we went to, how we came up theologically, but we need a little to do bit more of our like, testimonies. Yeah. Yeah. Like how, how we became reformed. Yeah. That was, yeah. Kind of we should talk about like, you know, what are, what are we like? Like you're really into fitness. I really like video games. Like, and I'm really into fitting food in my mouth. So it's like, <laughs> we got all kinds of, we have all things, things to talk about. I'm a fan. Uh, but no, no, I am actually going to be, I promise you I'm, so I've, I've, I've been able to maintain my weight is the same that it was when I retired, but because I don't Mm. work out, my muscle has turned to fat and I don't like it and I'm not happy with it. And I'm jiggly in areas that I am not normally comfortable being jiggly in, even though I'm Mm. okay with being, uh, having a dad bod. I I've, I've given up that life. You know, I'm not trying to impress any hotties anymore. I have my own hottie that I've had for 20 years. So, amen. uh, but I do need to be healthier and that nicotine is going to be part of it. And then the uh, I'm doing t- about 20 minutes. Actually, I've been doing 30 minutes of elliptical uh, the last nice. three days in a row. So I'm, I'm just going to keep that up. We'll, we'll I'll keep you updated. Anybody yeah, figured out the name of the podcast still? Nobody's figured out the name of the podcast, guys. And baptism. Well, I'll write a, a note for baptism. We'll do a podcast on that. My sure. hubby is retired army. Tell him thank you for his service. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, you got two military guys here. Yeah, I was army as well. All right. Well, hey, uh, take us out with the gospel, brother, and then we'll uh, close out. Yeah, so today I actually got to present uh, the gospel to two gentlemen uh, at Beacon, which is where we get our roofing supplies for, from the roofing company. That's awesome. for. Um, and he was like, if you could tell me one verse uh, that would uh, that I needed, right? So Buck, um, I, I believe he's grown up in church, but he doesn't really know Jesus 
um, and the new person that they hired at Beacon um, also uh, is a uh, bivocational preacher, right? He he preaches, he dabbles in preaching. Hmm. Um, and so he, uh, I, when I first met him, I was like, hey, man, you got to work on Buck while I'm not here. And then when I'm here, we'll both work on him. But sure enough, uh, he was like, hey, if you could tell me anything about the Bible, what would you say? And I said, I probably the most important thing I <laughs> Yeah. He just um, came up to you to ask you that? Like that's Well, I mean, I was walking up to them because I had shingles yeah. in the back of my truck. I was like, I need to return these. Wow. Um, but they were talking, obviously, and he was like, What's up, preacher? And he's like, If you could tell me anything about the Bible, like one thing, what would you say just randomly? I was like, Buck, the most important thing you need to hear right now is that Second Corinthians five twenty one, that he who knew no sin became sin on your behalf so that you might be made righteous, the righteousness of God in Christ, right? Mm. What's happening there is that God has poured out his wrath on his son and treated him as if, as if Jesus lived your life. And on the day of judgment, God is going to look at you and me and everyone that he has called by his name. And he was going to treat them as if we lived Jesus's life. Right. So in, in theology, we call that the doctrine of substitutionary atonement, where Jesus's righteousness is quite literally imputed to us, and our sin was nailed to that cross. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean you can go and live a free life, right, of, of uh, sin, that you don't go so that you don't go and sin so that grace may abound. But you look at the gift of salvation that Christ has given you through grace, and you cherish it. And you walk as he walked and you try to be as righteous as he was daily. Amen. Die daily. Pick up your cross and walk with him. All right, guys. God bless you. Thanks for checking out episode four of the Doctrines of Rad. And uh, send us an email if you have anything. We'll see you next week, Monday at 9 p.m. God bless and bye-bye.